This is Sean P. Malone in Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to The Camera Report. Today's guest on The Camera Report hardly needs an introduction. If you know contemporary cinema, you know Roger Deakins' beautiful and award-winning work. From the comical and sleek Art Deco glean of The Hudsucker Proxy, to the suspicious Dutch angles of doubt, to the stormy Texas skies and campfire light of true grit. His frequent collaborations with today's top directors amount to the type of visual excellence only a great cinematographer can provide. On this, the very first episode of the BSC edition of The Camera Report, he speaks to us about his work on the latest James Bond film, director Sam Mendez's Skyfall. Roger's critically lauded cinematography on the film has just earned him his 10th Oscar nomination, also a first in that category for the franchise. Hi, Roger. Thank you for talking with us today. Pleasure. My pleasure. I saw a picture of you in, I think, Entertainment Weekly, and you were laying on a decline. It was kind of an awkward and uncomfortable looking position. And it kind of made me wonder, like, what is the most physically demanding camera operating moment you've had in your career? And and did it happen on Skyfall? Probably not on Skyfall. The first time I worked with Sam was on a film called Jarhead. And it was quite a shock to me, I suppose, when we started talking about it. Sam said, oh, let's shoot the whole film handheld. That was quite demanding, really, to do a whole film like that. But um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I like doing handheld. I like shooting handheld work because I started in documentaries, so I was quite used to it. But um, Easier said than done, right? Yeah, yeah, really. You know, there were moments in Skyfall, but, um, you know, I, I just really love operating. So as long as I stay fit and healthy, I'm going to continue doing it. I've heard you say that before. What is it that you love about operating? Oh, I just love the sort of connection with the, with the subject, really. I like the connection with the actors. I like the intimacy of being there with the camera close to the actors. I feel it's my responsibility if I start kind of ad-libbing with the camera. I like to be the person that makes that those choices and actually takes that responsibility if it works or not, you know. I would think that would either appeal to a director or not. So is that something that has drawn certain directors to you, knowing that you're directly in control of the image at all times? There's certainly jobs that I haven't done because the director wanted me to use an operator and I haven't wanted to work that way. I mean, that's fair enough. I mean, I I see both sides of it. I'm not one to make a big deal of it. And I guess it's because I came from, you know, working in documentaries for so many years. It's just the way I see things and the way I work. It's almost like what I do with the cameras is kind of almost more important than what I do with light, really. What would you say is the most fun you've had? Is there something that stands out in your mind as just really thrilling? Well, I'll go back to Jarhead, actually. It was probably the most fun, but it was also the most exhausting. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about tech for Skyfall. You shot with the Alexa again, is that correct? Yeah, it's the second time I'd shot with that camera, yeah. I've been an ARRI person, I suppose, for most of my career. I've used ARRI film cameras, and uh, and I trust their equipment, and I think they take some note of what uh, I have to say about their equipment. It was certainly no different with when they were developing the Alexa, and I think, obviously, digital cameras have still got a ways to go, but right now, I think the Alexa is a pretty amazing piece of equipment. It sounds like trust in, in the equipment is an important factor to you when choosing equipment. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, especially on a film like Skyfall, you're putting your equipment through so many different challenges. And, I mean, you know, just optically, some of, the, some of the shooting we were doing, whether it was, you know, in the tower block set with the great big projection screens and stuff, or it was like, you know, out on a boat, some testing conditions uh, and extreme variation of contrast ratios and intense light to very, very dark situations. And, and you've got to trust your equipment. Otherwise, you're pulling back. You're not really 
flexing your muscles as much as you might, you know. You've been quoted as saying that you didn't know if you would make another film-originated movie. How do the Coen brothers feel about film and digital, and have you had any conversations with them about this topic? No, I have. Of course I have, yeah. I mean, it's going to depend very much on the project and how we feel about it, but um, last time I talked to them, they're quite open to it. I'll be interested to uh, hear what they have to say if they, when they see Skyfall, if they do. You know? Interesting. The thing about the digital, the whole film digital argument is like it's a kind of moot really because the business model is going digital the projection is going digital you know there's not a single film print being made for the uk market of skyfall you know i mean that, that says a lot right there you know everything is digital so you know it is the it's the way things are going whether you like it or not and um you know, frankly, I, I think it's a good development. I think it gives a cinematographer, a, a filmmaker, a director more options. Yeah, it's funny that you say it's somewhat moot at this point. I was talking to a friend of mine about the side-by-side documentary, which I'm sure you've you've seen or heard of. Yeah. Um, and he, his point was, you know, by the time they'd finished it and released it and shown it at festivals, opinions and, and feelings had already shifted. Markedly from that, yeah, that was interesting. I, I saw it what well, maybe six weeks ago or something. And it's the first thing that strikes you is that that film was not made that long ago, but suddenly it's yeah, it's kind of almost a historical document. As a cinematographer, do you think of yourself as an innovator? Um, innovator? I, I I don't know. You kind of you don't create new things for the sake of creating new things. You know, you find you have a sequence where you have a challenge and you find new solutions. But innovation in Skyfall, uh, I can't say there's one thing that is actually new that's not been done before, no. <laughs> there's certainly a number of things that I'd never done before. Okay, like uh, such as? The tower block scene, the office block scene, Shanghai at night, I, I'd never shot using these big LED screens as the uh, single light source in a scene. You know, I'd certainly not done that before. I, I think in general, the way I was shooting with practical sources, I think was, I'm not, it's not totally new, but I was doing it more in Skyfall than I've done before. The last 10 minutes of Skyfall, it's lit in a very unique way for a Bond film. It's darker and more source motivated than your typical Bond film. You know, figures lighting up out of darkness, light coming from explosions and gunfire. Can you talk about how you and Sam Mendes came up with this approach and, and maybe the reason for this approach? Everything comes from a script, really. I think because we had worked together on Jarhead, there's some sequences in Jarhead where the only light source is the oil fires of uh, Kuwait. The way we'd done that sequence, I think, certainly influenced my thinking and the way we were going to do the end of Skyfall. You know, and then you just gradually build on that. I mean, obviously, it's a very extended sequence that basically starts late day, goes into dusk, twilight, full night, becomes firelight. You know, that probably was the hardest sequence in the film to sort of get a handle on how it should look and how the whole sequence should sort of develop visually from this sort of the day to the cool blue dusky look and then, you know, into the night and the firelight look. So maybe just meticulous planning about how it was going to cut together? Well, actually, yeah, a huge amount of meticulous planning because, um, you know, you're shooting that sequence over, obviously, a number of days and weeks. And we were doing other sequences back and forth at the same time. So, you know, it's very hard to keep continuity over a matter of, well, probably months, really. 
you know, we shot some exteriors one weekend, for instance, and then we'd go off, shoot another sequence, then come back and shoot some more exteriors of that, that end sequence. And then, you know, some of it was um, on location, some of it was in stage, the interior of the house was on stage. There's so many different elements to piece together to keep the flow of the sequence out. I think probably the hardest scene in the film, really. But I'd done a sequence in No Country for Old Men, which starts in the nighttime and runs through dawn into full daylight. And just shooting that sequence was, like, really difficult. And so Skyfall is kind of that, but, you know, like, ten times harder, really. Can you tell us about the early conversations with the director, Sam Mendes, and what he brought to you as a, as a pitch for his vision, what you liked about the project, what excited both of you about this? Yeah, it was interesting. It, it came to LA one day, and we went for a walk on the beach, and he described why he was enthusiastic about taking on the project. You know, the idea of taking on a film within a franchise that has a sort of tradition. But also he wanted to make it as a film that could stand by itself, you know. You know, we worked together two times before and he didn't want to do it any differently than that. It would just be, obviously, it was bigger and there would be action sequences and we'd have to have a second unit and, and all the rest of it. But, um, but he said he didn't want to change the approach just because it was uh, a Bond movie, you know. And that, you know, that intrigued me, obviously. I'd never done anything like it, you know, and I like to do different things. I like different challenges, and obviously this was a big challenge. I've read some comparisons about, um, I guess, sort of the new spy look, inevitably informed by, like, the Bourne series and things like that. Yeah. Are those films that, that you admired when they came out, or are they films that you at least informed part of your approach? No, not at all, really. We watched sequences from other movies just to look at the way the action had been shot, but um, I can't say we really saw anything we took much from, really. I know, I know Sam talks quite a bit about Christopher Nolan's work as being an influence on his take on the film, but um, I actually, quite honestly, I don't remember him talking about Christopher Nolan as we were shooting it. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't true, but we didn't talk in that way about other movies. We, we started with the script and talked through the script, and that was it, really. We just developed it from that point. Were you familiar with the Bond uh, movies historically? I wouldn't say historically. I mean, I was a teenager when Ursula Andress came out of the ocean and that Dr. No, was it? <laughs> so, I mean, that had an impact. <laughs> you know, I watched Bond movies over the years, but they were a lot of fun. You know, I mean, I'm not aware of the history, and I certainly haven't seen all of them. I've heard in the past, um, in cinematographer style, you talk about Conrad Hall, and you and he both have worked with Sam Mendes. And I, I mean it as great, great compliment when I say that I see some of his spirit in the way you approach your work. And I, I wanted to ask you, what did he mean to you as an artist, and maybe as a predecessor too? He meant most to me as a friend, actually, because I got to know him fairly well. When I first moved to the States here, I shot a film called Barton Fink, and uh, I remember going to the ASC clubhouse one time, and I, I saw Conrad standing on the steps of the clubhouse, and I was sort of too shy to go up to him. And I remember he looked over and said, you're Roger Deakins, aren't you? You just shot Barton Fink. And I was like, I wanted to kind of, you know, fall in a hole in the ground. I was so embarrassed, but so flattered, you know. And, you know, I said we became quite good friends. And so he meant a lot to me like that. But and when I was um, pretty young, I remember seeing Fat City in a cinema in Torquay. I think it was in the winter and there was like hardly anybody else. Maybe there was like three other people in the cinema. And I, and I think... 
that film of many, many that he's done, but that film had a big effect on me at that particular time. That was quite a departure at the time for an American movie, the way he used darkness and incredibly bright exteriors. It was, you know, actually quite a shock. I recently watched Road to Perdition, and I saw it with brand new eyes. Like, I, I was just so floored and just amazed by his work in that movie. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'll leave it open, but... Uh... It's just his work. I mean, the thing about Conrad's work was you look at Electric Ride in Blue, or you look at Road to Perdition, you look at Fat City, you look at, you look at um, In Cold Blood, you know, Butch Cassidy. I mean, every film has its own look. Day of the Locust. I mean, every film is different, but also every film is very much Conrad Hall's work. You know, when he first started, he started doing documentaries, and then he shot a lot of the Outer Limits series, you know, the old black and white television science fiction series, Outer Limits. I, I love that series, and you can watch it and see the episodes that Connie shot. I mean, his work sort of stands out even then, you know. You couldn't say Rotabagician looks anything like, really, in cold blood, but you can see the same person behind the camera. Why is that, you think? Uh, just a sensibility, really. I mean, some people might say it's just taste. <laughs> it's, it's sort of sensibility, sensibility about connection to the subject, the way he connects you, the viewer, to the subject, using light and composition and camera movement. But it's, it's the sensitivity that comes through, not just the technique, you know? When you were a kid, did you want to be a filmmaker? You know, when I was a kid, I kind of wanted to be a painter, and then I wanted to be a stills photographer. But um, I was also in film society and also watched every film I could, you know, mainly, you know, European movies and Russian movies and all sorts of films I could watch. But I, and I loved movies, but I never connected the idea of, as a career, me working on movies. I thought maybe if I got to be a photojournalist, that would be fantastic. When did you make that connection? It just evolved, you know, because I, I started as a stills photographer, albeit, you know, in a, in a minor way. And then I went to the National Film School and basically studied filmmaking and started making documentaries. And I, I left the National Film School and I worked in documentaries for six or seven years. And then just gradually sort of segued into doing feature films just sort of happened really it was a natural progression and one day i'm by myself on set shooting 1984 and thinking my god i'm working with john hurt and richard burton it's just like you know, my dream <laughs> actually it wasn't my dream because i never thought of it as an option it wasn't even a dream you know what i mean it was like so far-fetched I think as a final question, I'll ask you, since this is the first episode of the BSC uh, project we're doing, what does being a BSC member mean to you? What can you say? It's just an incredible, incredible honor. I remember uh, it was Alex Thompson that uh, contacted me about becoming a member. And uh, I don't have enough connection with it because I'm mainly in the States now, but it's just wonderful to feel part of a community. And I was very aware of that being back and working so much in Pinewood over last year, the feeling of community, and it's a wonderful organization. Did you feel on Skyfall and getting back to the UK, um, a sense of coming home? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I came over to the States 22 years ago, I guess, because, you know, I had more opportunities here, obviously, work-wise, and I've made it my home over here. I mean, I basically live in Santa Monica now, but, you know, I'm still very much uh, British, shooting Skyfall and, and being at Pinewood and, and working with the team of people I started my career with really was just 
uh, was such a joy. You know, Biggles, John Higgins, that gaffer who basically started work with on 1984. It was, I think, one of the first films he gaffed, and it was certainly one of the first, you know, studio bigger pictures that I shot. Anyway, so yeah, it was great to sort of go home, really. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. Thank you so much, Roger. We really appreciate it. All right. My pleasure. All right. Great. Thanks again to Roger Deakins for sharing his time with us today. Stay tuned for more BSC edition episodes, where members of the British Society of Cinematographers share insights about their work. Have you liked our Facebook page yet? Please go to facebook.com slash camera report and like our page. You won't regret it. I'm Sean P. Malone. Thanks for listening.